You're listening to Selfish. This is where we bring self-care and bravery together to encourage you to follow your dreams. Here is your host, your favorite selfish enthusiast, Allie Hembree-Martin. Y'all will fall in love with Shay Cochran. She created Social Squares, which is the premium stock image company that I use for my clients and my own social media feeds, among other uses. You can find a link for that in the description. But I thought it was important to share her story because while she has created an incredible business, she balances it with a joy-filled life, creating a schedule that brings her a healthy balance of it all. For all of you mompreneurs out there looking for inspiration on how to balance work and family, this is the episode for you. Shay, thank you so much for talking with me today. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Hi, I'm excited to hang out. So first, tell us about yourself. Okay, the short story is I'm a mom of two. Me, my, me and my husband got married really early, so we've been married for 15 years and already have an eight-year-old and an a twelve, an eleven-year-old, an almost nine-year-old, and an eleven-year-old. We live in Florida. Uh, we both are entrepreneurs. I think that's kind of like a random tidbit about us: is that we both have almost. I think we've both owned businesses for almost our entire marriage, so it is like a twenty-four-hour mastermind in our house. Um, we live in <laughs> sunny Florida. Yeah, that's kind of the highlights. I love that. And I love that you and your husband are both entrepreneurs because my husband's also an entrepreneur. So um, I always love it because whenever um, I see you all collaborate, I always think like, yeah, like um, we're at least not in the same industry. So we couldn't do that. But I love seeing that work because I know so many people will say to me, I could never work at home with my husband too. I'm like, we just kind of pick our separate rooms and just kind of go at it. And then like, we come together at lunch and we come together at dinner. And like, that's, that's what we've, we've certainly learned how to navigate dual entrepreneurs in the household. (laughs) And we did share an office together at one point and that did not work partially Mm -hmm. because we are in very different industries. Um, I was always interrupting him. And so we went from there to like two offices in the house to now like one of us is at home, one of us is at an actual office. So I think we've done all the things and learned all the lessons about working together. It's just a trial and error process. Yeah. Okay. So I came to know who you are through Social Squares and I'm a proud member. um, And I would love for you to just tell the audience what is Social Squares and kind of how you came about to create it. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for being a member. That really means a lot to me. Um, So by trade, I am a commercial stylist and commercial photographer, product photographer. And then I started having kids and I was like, this schedule just doesn't really work for our family very much anymore. So how can I do, you know, styled photography, commercial quality, beautiful, professional Um, commercial imagery, but on a much larger scale for more people. And my heart as a, I've always been an entrepreneur. I think I was an entrepreneur on the playground at at like age six. I've just always had a heart for female entrepreneurs. And we live in this amazing time when anyone can create a business out of what they know. Everyone has something that they know and can create a business that really brings value to the world. So how can I create imagery that would allow all these amazing 
female entrepreneurs and potential female entrepreneurs to actually create thriving businesses. So what was commercial and product photography for individual clients became creating sort of high-end stock imagery for some um, female entrepreneurs to now a membership, which is Social Squares, that houses thousands and thousands of beautiful, professional, polished, um, commercial, so I, I consider like commercial grade imagery, like not just cheap stock imagery, but really beautiful imagery that you can incorporate into your content creation and build your brand around. Um, and so now that takes the form of a membership, which you're a part of. We have thousands of members, all female entrepreneurs, everyone on my team, we are female entrepreneurs supporting other female entrepreneurs. So um, I am fortunate enough that I get to just create beautiful imagery and work with tons of other photographers to create beautiful imagery for women in every industry out there, you know? So it's just such, such a cool thing, such a cool thing. And you've gotten to be a, a little bit of a part of that in the oh, last yeah. year. And, and really the transformation that you all have made through the pandemic to really support your members and provide more than just imagery. I mean, you yeah. all do provide training every month that's focused and it's something I look forward to. Um, I'm like, oh, what is it going to be this month? Yeah. And, um, you know, the beauty of having people say to me, oh my gosh, your desk is so beautiful because <laughs> I use such beautiful stock photos from social yeah. squares in my um, social media captions and or yeah. graphics. And so um, I really love that piece of it um, because they make me look so much more put together than I really am. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is like you are put together and you do know what you're talking about. So it's really a matter of like making sure that your visuals match the level of service or product that you're delivering. And that's usually the biggest disconnect is there's a lot of super talented people out there and super amazing products. But unfortunately, in the eyes of your like potential client, you're only as good as your images. So if you're getting like cheap $5 stock imagery off of creative market or free stuff, then you're just, you're going to look at a certain level, which isn't necessarily representative. So I feel like in a sense, you know, people sometimes struggle with stock and whether or not it feels authentic, like to your point about having a really clean desk, the clean desk is more sort of like proverbial, like, you know what you're doing and you have a lot to offer. You have a lot of value, whether you have Cheerios on your desk or like <laughs> a day old, like Coke zero or whatever it is, whatever, pick your poison. You, the value you have to offer is still at that, like clean, polished, professional desk level. So I like to think that we're just helping people kind of like really truly show the quality level that they have. They're not masking it. They're like actually illustrating how awesome their product or service is through yes. really polished imagery. I love that. And really talk to us, you know, to that point, talk to us about how imagery does play into how a brand is perceived because you've been on that other end of the photographer's side and yeah. you really have to create that vision in your mind as you're capturing the photos mm -hmm. to get to that end goal. So kind of how does that all connect? Yeah. Um, a great analogy in my mind is like, what if I were to come, you know, it's your birthday and I come over and you're having a wonderful little birthday soiree and I, it's time for me to give you the present. And so I hand you this, I'd say, close your eyes. This is going to be an amazing present. You're, I'm just so excited to give this to you. Close your eyes. And I put in your hands like a brown paper bag. <laughs> and you're like, okay, Shay, that's kind of weird. And you look inside that brown paper bag and inside that brown paper bag is a Tiffany, Tiffany's bracelet. And you're like, ah, 
this is amazing, I guess. And you're confused and you're like, where did she get this from? Like, did she order this off of Amazon? Like, is this the real deal? Like you just question, immediately question the integrity of the product based on like <laughs> the delivery, like based on the packaging versus if I handed you that same Tiffany's bracelet in a beautiful Tiffany's blue box with a little bow, you instantly trust the quality of the product. You're not second guessing whether or not this is like a legit Tiffany's bracelet. Um, you know, you're judging based on the packaging, the value of the product inside. And so imagery is just the exact same way. Like we have to make sure that the imagery on the outside um, communicates the quality of the product on the inside, because unfortunately it is going to be judged one way or another based on the way that we're presenting. So it's, it's just a fun, I mean, it's a powerful opportunity that we have to really, especially as newer businesses where you're like, well, I've only been doing this for a little bit of time. I haven't, I don't have years and years behind me, but you can use imagery that helps to communicate the value that you have, even if you don't have all of the testimonials yet, or you don't have all the transformation stories, or you don't haven't had all the A-list clients yet, you really using good imagery gives you the chance to say, Hey, I'm here. I'm legit. Like this is, I'm not an amateur. I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, um, I can be trusted. So I think especially new businesses have an incredible opportunity there to really elevate the way that they present themselves, not in an inauthentic way, but in a way that actually gives them a fighting chance of being successful as business owners and being heard. And I love that analogy because I think that it even can go a step further as far as a cohesive visual brand experience. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the one time you present the Tiffany ribbon in the box. Mm -hmm. It's really continuing that through your email newsletter, through your website, um, and not just on social media. So share a little bit about how that kind of all connects together and really does elevate your brand. Yeah. So you've mentioned so many important elements and we would consider those to be like all touch points, like client touch points, all of the areas that at any place on the internet that your customer or potential customer, client, potential client, interacts with your brand should all feel like a different door into the same room is one way of thinking about it. And unfortunately, what happens a lot of times if we aren't being, if we aren't presenting ourselves online in a very cohesive way, you land on someone's Instagram feed and, you know, you, you open up and you peer into that room and it's kind of weird. And it's, you know, like pictures of your kids and what you ate for dinner last night and the laundry that you haven't done. And then you go to a website and you open up that door and it looks like, you know, one certain brand presentation. And then you listen to someone's podcast or you go to someone's blog or you go to someone's, you know, TikTok or whatever the new like thing is. And what you don't want to happen is just confusion, which leads to distrust, you know, uh, okay, is this the same person? Like, did I land in the right place? Like, I don't know, like the website made it look like it was really professional, but now I land here and I'm just super confused. This seems like just my, you know, my neighbor's Instagram feed. You really do want all of those things to be different doors into the same room. So you open them up and they look the same. They feel the same. They serve different purposes. And obviously we could talk about how social media gives you an opportunity, especially through, especially through things like stories um, and IGTV to really show a, a, a true unpolished version of yourself, your day to day. I'm certainly not saying that every time they interact with you, it needs to be polished. 
Um, but I think all these like primary touch points, we just want them to feel the same. We want them to all feel connected um, because when that's in place, it just builds loyalty and trust. They're more likely to say, okay, this person looks legit. I'm going to give them a try versus if it's confusing, mm -hmm. if it's disjointed, if one's updated, but the other isn't, it just creates confusion, which creates distrust. And people don't want to, people are careful with their money. They really don't want to invest money where they're not entirely sure that they're going to get a payoff. So it's just really important that there is cohesion across all of that. And that can be as simple as using the same color palette. That can be as simple as using the same core set of imagery everywhere. Um, that can be as simple as using the same filter everywhere. I mean, there's lots of ways to do that. In With social squares images, we recommend doing that through like a, a color palette that is sort of a foundational color palette and, you know, certain imagery selection. But there's lots of different ways that you can create that kind of cohesion, but it is absolutely critical that that kind of cohesive experience is there. I love that visual that you bring up of looking into the same room, because I think so many of us can use that in our mind when we're evaluating our own businesses mm -hmm. to determine, you know, where we are, where we score on that yeah. um, and looking at those different touch points. So that's a great analogy. Um, and I hope that the listeners will, you know, take that, um, take that to heart and do that after listening to this episode, because um, that's a great place to start. And I would really love for you to share some of the feedback that you've gotten from Social Square members after using Social Squares and yeah. really focusing on their branding and focusing on that visual element and kind of the shifts that they've seen in their business from that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there's lots of different ways we could go with this. There's certainly, we have like so many testimonials that are like, I saw my opt-ins increase by 200%. And that kind of, those sort of stats were just images were getting attention. And then they were able to kind of like continue on with that client relationship, whether it was through an opt-in or trusting them to set up a coaching call or something like that. But I think one of the more interesting implications of using something like social squares has to do with just running your business smarter and the amount of time that people are saving. So that's like the number one piece of feedback we get is it cut my content creation in half. Um, I spend I, what used to take me hours and hours planning out my social media for the month now just takes me like one hour to do. And it's so much fun because it's really like visually inspiring to go through the image catalog. And the reason why that's important is because you have a life, right? And as like a female entrepreneur, you also, A, probably have other roles. Many of you listening are probably moms and friends and daughters, and you know, you're part of other things in your life that are really matter to you work isn't the only thing you're doing. And so it's incredibly important that we really use our time well, that we dial in the use of our time, that we're not just, that we're not spending endless hours on image creation for our Instagram content, because they're just much more valuable uses of your time within your business. And then, you know, I don't want you working 80 hours a week. So I think that's kind of the biggest win in my mind is the opportunity to offload something that's very time consuming and expensive, taking styling, shooting your own images, paying for your own custom, you know, $1,500 for like a custom branded photo shoot, offloading that so that you can redirect your time, which hopefully in my mind means that you'll work less hours if you want to work less hours or go have fun with your kids or take a week off. That's really kind of what I see as like the biggest win of a product like a Styled Stock membership. 
And speaking of working less hours, I'm a big advocate for entrepreneurs just kind of handing off those, those tasks that they don't enjoy doing so yeah. that they can focus on the parts of their business that they do love um, or are crucial to have them involved. And I know you are the same way and you've actually done this with your own business. And it's so inspiring, Shay, for me to hear you tell like your weekly schedule and kind of how you've shifted. And yeah. I know it didn't happen overnight. Like I know you had to, <laughs> to grow into that, but tell us about what that looks like for you and, and why it works. Yeah. So the the odd thing about how I run this business is that I only work 16 hours a week. And that has always been the case. Um, and, and it was not always as successful of a business. So now I'm running a multi six figure business in 16 hours a week, but that is the way it started in the very, very beginning. Now I have a team, but that was also the way that it started in the very, very beginning. And the reason why it was 16 hours a week was because that was all the childcare I could afford was 16 hours a week. I could only afford, I wasn't making any money. I couldn't afford to send my kids anywhere, you know, to have multiple work days. So it was 16 hours of childcare was what I could afford. And so if that was all I had, I had to be super strategic and only do the things, A, that I loved so I didn't burn out, but also really just doing the things that were going to have the highest ROI for me in terms of time spent on the business. So I had to say no to a lot of things. I still have to say no to a lot of things. And I can only say yes to a few like high yield items. And so as I, uh, I set up those two hours a week when I had I'm, those two days a week when I had one child. And that eventually grew into having two kids and the two, the 16 hours a week really just kind of stuck. I felt like that was the breaking point. For, I, first of all, I love working. I love being an entrepreneur. I could just dive so deep into that, that I would be a really crappy mom and I wouldn't be very present. And I wouldn't like, but my heart is for my kids and my heart is for wanting to be a present wife and mom and friend. And I want to like have a life outside of my office walls. So in order for me to do that, because naturally I would just run in that direction, in order for me to do that, I had to keep boundaries in place. And what I found was the two days a week was like the sweet spot for me. And so here we are, you know, 10 years later, I'm still only working two days a week. And the what I spend that time doing is different. And obviously now I have more people helping me because the business has grown and, and scaled. But the, the core concept remains that 16 hours a week, that, that two days, right now it's two and a half, the 16 hours are spread over two and a half days are what works best for me to love my work, to thrive as a business owner, and then also for my family to thrive, for me to thrive as a mom, for us to thrive as a family. So um, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question or not. Sorry, yes. I went on a little bit of a tangent, but that's kind of how that got, how that was set up and how that has kind of morphed over the years. So with that in mind, you're, you're picking the things that you really love to do in your business, yeah. but what do you find to be the most challenging part of being an entrepreneur? Wow. That's an enormous question. It's a doozy. <laughs> you know, I think, I think if we're getting like big, real, if we're being real big picture about it, I think what's hard about being an entrepreneur is that you just always see what could be done what hasn't been done, what wasn't done well, what needs to be done better. And I don't, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just my personality. But I think a lot of entrepreneurs, if you get into the Enneagram thing, they're like a lot of Enneagram threes that are, what are you? doers. I'm a three for sure. Okay. okay. Like doers and achievers. And we're just like super productivity driven. And I think that's sort of the downside of being an entrepreneur is just, it can always feel like you don't have enough time and you haven't gotten to do everything you wanted to do. And you're always, you see the holes and you see what could have been better. And that's like, 
that's great. That's how you were made. That's part of why you're so successful. And it's also a little bit of a curse. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I think if we're getting, thinking real existential about it, I think that's kind of one of the biggest challenges of being an entrepreneur is just that constant drive is both like a great asset and also like kind of a bummer. Yep. <laughs> it just yep. never feels like it's done to the degree that you would like it to be done. Yeah, I can appreciate that. So with the podcast, it is called Selfish, but we obviously are taking the positive side of that and really focusing on how we can practice self-care as entrepreneurs. So Shay, how are you selfish? Oh, lots of ways. <laughs> are you ready for this? So I, yes. you know, it's funny, like people ask all the time, like, what do you do with your off days? Like, how do you, what do you even spend your time doing? I'll tell you some of the things I spend my time doing. First of all, number one for me is like getting to bed on time. So for sure, I am like in bed in the nines between nine and 10. I need solid amount of sleep <laughs> nines. I like um, that. <laughs> in the nines. That's just the ideal situation for me. Um, I get up early before my kids. So I'm usually up an hour before them so that I can have some time in the morning for me. I'm a Christian. So I spend that time like reading my Bible and praying, but it gives me a solid hour in like a peaceful, quiet house. That's self-care. I feel like, um, I also, when my kids went back to school, I really started to take care of myself better, taking care of my body and actually started working out, which is something I just put off for a really long time. So I started building that in. So my days off, I work out. Um, and I've also started doing yoga recently. So I'm building in just like, I don't rest well. So I have to almost like schedule opportunities to rest. Like, so like booking a yoga class to me is like scheduling an opportunity to rest. Otherwise I will not rest well in my own home. Um, so I have to like kind of life hack my way to resting <laughs> by scheduling opportunities to rest. I like that. No, that that's a great way to to really overcome that because yeah, there's so many of us that like I'm always thinking about that to-do list or there's always yeah. something in the back of my mind. But if you have set that side time aside, then I really like that. Yeah. Is there anything you wish you could be doing more in business or in life? Anything. Anything I wish I could be doing more. You know, I really want to just have more fun. <laughs> I want to be a little more adventurous, I think is like one of the things that my husband and I are talking about. It's just like, how can we build a little more adventure and new things into life? I very much crave new stimuli. Like I want to see new things and eat new things and try new things. Like I don't, I'm not big into, I'm not like the cook the same five things over and over again. Like I just crave new and it kind of like makes me feel alive to kind of experience and see new. So I, I'm thinking through like how I can incorporate more of that so that I stay creatively fueled and also just like mm -hmm. emotionally and spiritually fueled. And for me, that looks like trying something new, eating something new, seeing something mm -hmm. new, going somewhere new. So I'm trying to build more of that in this year. That's really great. I love that. What is next for Shay and Social Squares? You know, this year, last year, we did a lot of building, meaning like a lot of new things like you talked about. We added all this marketing content. Um, so while we have some new things, for example, we're launching a phenomenal Facebook group, like just the type of Facebook group that you want to hang out in every day. Like that's how fantastic it's going to be. That's launching for our members in the next few weeks. 
Um, so we are launching new things, but I think really this year is about refining and just doing what we're doing better, making sure that our guides are amazing, making sure that our video masterclasses are just like really meeting a need, making sure that people are finding the images they need. So for this year, you know, it's not a lot of new, it's a lot of refining and doing it, just doing it better, just dialing it in more, um, making sure our emails are emails people want to open, just all of that stuff. Nothing really new and sexy and exciting, just, just dialing it in and just doing it better and making sure that it's our customers, our members are really getting what they want out of it and that it's just a huge like benefit to them and their lives and their businesses. And I can appreciate that so much because I think so often we are focused on like, okay, what's next yeah. when really we just need to sit with what we have and, and really, like you said, just refine it and, and make it better. And, um, I think we often get distracted with, uh, feedback that maybe one person yes. has said instead yes. of, you know, like really focusing on the big picture. So yes. Yeah, that's beautiful, Shay. And I that's mean, such an entrepreneur struggle, isn't it? Like just the, yeah, oh, is. I need to try this. Oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to do this. And we haven't even like implemented well the things that we are already doing. So, right. Great I'm reminder. Totally and, you know, I, I just will say um, the, the passion that you have for your product and for your members is just so evident and it comes across in your team. And I will just say anybody that just does not know Shay, like you will fall in love with her. So follow her on social media oh and uh, see, <laughs> see, you know, the, the passion and the, um, the love that comes from, from Shay and her team. So thank you so much for talking with me today and sharing just a little piece of your heart. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm going to need a moment to like process those very kind words. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the opportunity to hop on. You have such a great thing going here. It just looks like I'm really excited about the, the guests that you've had on and what you're doing here and excited to have, be able to support you in a tiny way by supplying images and whatnot for you, for your business. So thank you, Allie. Thanks for just inviting me and giving me this opportunity. Like what you just heard, visit us at selfishthepodcast.com. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes today.